Hey everybody, Larry Lawton here. We have a great, great podcast today. I'm going to be talking about policing in the biggest way. Uh, man, policing will mess you up in so many ways. You know, before I do get started on this one, I just want to say thank you, Manscaped. So I'm thinking of gift buying and a crazy question pops up. If I were a pilgrim, what gift would I buy on Black Friday or Cyber Monday? Manscaped, of course. The Pilgrims love the Performance Package bundled with advanced skin-safe technology on both the Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless trimmer and the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Plus, it comes with the Shears 2.0 luxury six-piece stainless steel nail kit. There's even a cool LED light, really helpful for the dark. So when you're gift shopping for Mayflower folk, family, friends, maybe that special man in your life, which could even be you. Manscaped is the perfect gift. Oh, and don't forget the Pilgrims of Puritans. They loved great deals. Go to manscaped.com slash jewel. Now to Cyber Monday, 1130, and save 25% site-wide. Plus two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Box of Briefs. Be the best groomed pilgrim in the new world. Go, pilgrim. Go. All right, guys, let's just start this whole thing. And I'll tell you what, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, this is going to be just a good thing. I mean, here I am thinking about law enforcement, thinking about what the sheriff did here. Uh, we have a case here. I'm in Brevard County, Florida. And in Brevard County, Florida, let me tell you what just happened. Uh, they killed two teen kids. One was 16 and one was 18. And yes, they were pulled over. Should have they stopped? That's a whole other question. And they, now they say they backed into them or tried to run them over. But when you look at one of the bullet holes, it's in the passenger back seat and shoots a passenger. Now, you know, most policies on police departments are you never shoot at a moving vehicle unless it's going to kill you. But even if you shoot the person, what makes it think it's going to stop? That's number one. It's still a missile. Or you can also, if you think the guy might get away and be like a mass murderer, he's going to kill 20 more people. So you can do whatever you can to shoot him, get rid of him, do what you're going to do. That that I get. I totally get all that. I don't get when you don't even know of the car. Now, supposedly, here's what they say again, that the car was a stolen car. They find out later it wasn't a stolen car. It was lent to the kids or young people by their cousin or somebody else or their aunt or somebody else. So we don't even know about that. But you got to know for a fact why you're going to shoot somebody. Um, you know, these cops today, and, and I don't know if it's just lack of training or lack of the people they hire, but the one cop that did this has had some violence on his record. He had a domestic violence. He told the boyfriend of the wife, uh, you better wear a bulletproof vest or something of that nature. So we know the guy's demeanor is a little bit, oh, I'll shoot you anyway. So they're quick to get the gun, I call it. And once you're doing that in this world, you're in, you're in for a whole new ballgame. Uh, because guns are just, I don't know, you know, guns are just bad. You know, I'm not a big gun guy. You know, I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe we, you should be able to have a gun. I also believe an ex-con should have a gun once he does his time. Why shouldn't I, Larry Lawton, have a gun? I don't get that. 
But I also don't under, understand why everybody has to have guns. Well, whatever happened to the fact of let's fight? Let you and me fight. Let's sit down and have a, you know, an argument and a disagreement and we throw fists. No, somebody's got to pull a gun. You know, nothing happens. You know, they used to say a couple of uh, things I always remembered. You know, nothing good happens when a person pulls a gun. Because either you got to kill somebody or they're going to kill you. The gun's going to get taken away somehow, some way. And now what? You know, now you're lucky if you can get away with it. You got to live with it for the rest of your life after killing somebody. And also, not nothing happens positive after 11 o'clock at night. And what they mean by that is not you coming home from the movies or something of that nature. What they're talking about is uh, a person, any person, you know, going out to party after 11 o'clock night. The cops are out, the drunks are out, the, the druggies are out, people who can't handle themselves are out. So all of a sudden, you know, it's a bad way. It's a totally bad way. So I, I often tell young people, I'm not talking about you coming home from a... Uh, a movie or something of that nature. I'm not talking about that at all. Not even close, you know. It's just not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a regular, total, you know, going out to party at 11 o'clock at night. It's just not going to happen. It's not a good thing. I don't believe in that, and it shouldn't be a good thing as well. So here we are. Uh, those are the two things I've learned when I was a young kid. But getting back right into the policing situation and here, and it's amazing the difference in law enforcement when you get a, a police chief who is positive, proactive, and he wants to help the community. And then you get a guy who who just wants to be a politician. He wants to, you know, go around, uh, you know, beating his chest that he's the greatest. And I, I don't get it. And I don't get why people get buffaloed by that. Are they just like into power are they into a guy who's got a uniform and stars and saying you're a good guy because he does uh you know because he he raises money for their foundation or something of that nature so i don't get i don't get why people don't do their research you know law enforcement and especially a sheriff in your area is the most important job in that area you're in the most important job in the area you're in is going to be a sheriff that's just fact because he controls a budget that's pretty much uh, doesn't have to tell anybody where. We know that. We have a sheriff here. You know, the rumor is, and I don't know if it's true, because he won't show his budget that he's got a half a million dollar media budget and he produces shows. If you want to go online and look them up and you're going to laugh and they degrade people. So I, I, mean, I, I hate even mentioning them, uh, but it's called Wheel of Fugitive. Where he puts people, and listen to this, the funny people he puts on here. We're not talking about murderers and rapists. We're talking about like a violation of probation. Give me a fucking break. Are you off your, it just drives me nuts. How are you totally uh, ruining a guy's life by, because he violated probation, put him on the wheel of fortune, put him on a show, and then the citizens turn him in, and the people turn him in, and their hit squad comes out and gets him. And then they make a big deal, you know, captured. You know, this guy was captured. Oh, my God. Come on. Give me a break. It, it, it's gotten really out of hand. I believe it's gotten out of hand. Uh, then he has another one. Fishing for justice. This is Sheriff Wayne Ivey. I'm fishing for justice. 
and, and it's such it, it, I don't get it. I, I don't get why he thinks that's that's good. Now, if you want to catch a real bad guy, I get it. Use the media, help uh, get the help you want. You have a lot bigger reach than him. He don't even have a beat. If you guys look him up on on YouTube, Sheriff Wayne Ivy, he's got about three thousand followers on YouTube. Are you kidding me? And this guy's like, and he's got a half a million dollar budget. Everybody, if I had a half a million dollar budget, I'd have ten million people right now, ten million followers. And that that just it is what it is. What can I say? Uh, you know. And then he has another show. I think. Oh, cooking for justice, fishing for justice, and and wheel of fugitive. Now he had a production company does this, and you should see it. And you you're gonna laugh. Everybody's gonna laugh. He's got a Facebook page, and I don't even know what that's got. Put it this way, not enough. Not for no half a million dollar budget. I mean, I don't get that as well. But as a sheriff, they can do that. I mean, that's what they're allowed to do. I mean, that's the, the freedom they have. So if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about who the sheriff is in your area or the people in your area, make sure that you uh, really look into their character, look into who they are. And I don't mean the bullshit politician stuff, because that's what they are. They're politicians. Sheriffs are politicians. That's all they are. They really are. They're politicians. So don't ever forget that. And and re- remember that. That's just what they are. They're politicians. So it's something that, that people have to realize uh, when they're voting, you know, uh, not the guy, you know, in my belief, I love the, the show Sheriff Anditala. Anditala. So I think Sheriff Andy Taylor is the kind of guys that uh, should be sheriffs. They have a heart. They want to be in the community. They're friends with everybody. That, to me, is Andy Taylor. That's what we should have in today's world as far as uh, uh, law enforcement because uh, I think they're going to do better. Do I think law enforcement should get the bad guy off the street? Absolutely. You know, I never said that. I told you, know, like I said, my mentor in law enforcement is Chief Mike Force, who was a 25-year chief of police for Lake St. Louis, Missouri. And he was a retired Marine first. And you'd think, oh, this guy's a hard ass. Not even a little. He'll do his job. He'll do what he has to do to protect the community, obviously. But this man is such a, a patriot, a, a uh, community-minded help guy that you, ha- you have to take your hat off to a guy like that. That's where I got my badge from because of him. And I, I believe in that. You know, I look at that and I think that's the kind of guy that people want, that people should want. I mean, not people of, uh, you know, that are all about just lock them up. You know, they, yeah, you go do a crime in my city, you're going to get locked up. I get all that. I really do. I get that they should lock people up. But I think they should want to help people first. If they want to help people first, we're going to be a lot better off. I really believe that. I think this whole world will be a lot better off if we just want to help people. And in that regard, I mean, people people should really, really think about uh law enforcement in, in a community way, not just a, oh, I need a help, 911, call 911, call 911, and the cops come. Yes, that should happen, of course. If you call 911, you should get help, period. There's no question. Nobody's going to question that. But what they want to do, and I hope they want to do, 
is help the people that get there. If you have a kid that's out of control, the last thing you want to do is call the cop and then get your kid arrested. Now, you might want to scare them. You might want to get a little help or guidance on where to go, but you don't want your kid to have a felony record or any record for that matter because it's only going to cost you money to begin with. Even the best-case scenario, it's costing you money. you got to get a lawyer. you got to go uh, downtown to the courts. you got to maybe take off work or whatever it is, and then they're looking at you like you're the bad parent. So a lot of people got to realize that and do the right thing by that. And if they do, uh, cops, then they become part of the community instead of the us against them mentality. I talk about the us against, us against them mentality all the time, and that means the community against the police. The police can't win and the community can't win. The police got the guns and the law, supposable law on their side, and the, com- and, uh, the community has the numbers and uh, the... Uh, you know, call for helps or not helps or witnesses, all of that on their side. So they need to be partners. They don't need to be us against them because nobody wins in an us against them uh, uh, situation with law enforcement in a community. And it's sad because in the community I live in, you have an us against them with the people of color and in the other people, the uh, let's call it what it is, the... Uh, the rich white people who, you know, uh, just support him at charity events because he's a good speaker. Those are the people that, oh, let's, he's great because he's going to run out. He's going to come to our, uh, our uh, you know, ladies in dress fundraiser or something, you know, or dancing with the stars fundraiser, and he's going to be the big MC. Well, the people of color are looking to put uh, uh, communities together and not have to worry about a kid getting killed in a car. These two black uh, teenagers, and one was 18, one was 16, they did not deserve to die. I don't care what they did. I don't care if they robbed a, a car. I don't care what they did. They don't deserve to die. Just like I talk about in prison. When they kill a prisoner, people say, oh, they're prisoners. They, were, they did crimes. Your punishment wasn't death. You'd be a death row. Your punishment wasn't death. Your punishment is a sentence of away from your family, incarceration, everything else, but it is not death, and that's the big problem. And uh, I think, you know, people have to understand that. And until we as a society start recognizing how bad our prison systems are, we're not going to, you know, realize it. And here's what happens. When we as a society are talking about China and North Korea and any other country's human rights, whether it's Philippines, We better look in our own mirror. We really should. We need to look in our own mirror. Because I'll tell you what, we as a society are really failing in the human rights department in a lot of ways towards uh, people of uh, color or people of incarceration, lower economic status. And it's wrong. It is wrong on so many levels. And until... The people of a community are truly, you know, you get a lot of people, I'm not racist, I'm not this. Look, I have a black friend, I love that one. Uh, uh, Well, I don't don't know if you're racist or not as a person, but you should be against racial profiling. You should be against, anybody should be, because it can happen to you. You know, even people, listen, I talked to a dude, and he he was a racist, I knew he was. And I looked at him, I said, how would you like it if it was switched? Let's just say, 
you know, people of color, black people were minority by 80%, 90%. Now what are you going to do? Oh, that never happened. What do you mean it never happened? First of all, the numbers say in 100 years it's going to happen or whatever, 200 years, whatever it's going to be. Things change. People change. Life changes. Situations change. If I learned anything from all the time I did in prison, it's this. Things don't stay the same. They change. Even in prison. Even in the hole. And when I was in that hole for 11 straight months, what made me crazy was just the isolation part of it. And, you know, you, you, you're in a cage. You're like a little box. But it's not even that. It's you still realize things change. And you start, you do things differently. You, uh, you knew the time of day by when they fed you. And if they changed that up, you knew it. Your body had a clock. Your, your whole routine was a clock. And, but you change it up. A guard comes in. He talks you at the door. Another uh, inmate comes down to the shoe. And you're shooting a kite under the door, trying to communicate with him or uh, getting to see what magazines or what he brought in the hole with himself, and whatever. There's so many different things we did that made it change. And that's in the hole, in prison. I mean, the worst situation you can be in. So if you think about that, it's a whole different ballgame. So, and I want you to think like that, if you could. That That's the best way to do things. Anyway, I just wanted to get into that, and uh, into that part of things and talk about that with the community and with Sheriff. Sheriff. Uh, so if you live in a community, I want you to start looking deeply into your sheriff or your law enforcement and seeing how much they're there to help you. Remember what I just said. I happen to be lucky. I live in a city where the police chief wants to help the community. Period. Wants to help the community. And you can't knock that. You can't knock it. You can't beat it. And I think that's the most important part. So, all right, everybody. I just want to jump on to a quick podcast for you guys. Uh, and, you know, law enforcement is always on my mind. So when I do my podcasts... Uh, these podcasts, I think about law enforcement in that way, in ways that we can change it to make it better. And we all know that's going to be my ultimate goal moving forward. All right, everybody, you have a great day. Uh, stay strong. Make good choices. Don't don't end up in the system like I did. Or don't make, make those choices that I did that are going to ruin the rest of your life. Just don't do it. Have a great day, everybody. Stay strong. Stay out of prison. Much love and respect. Larry out.